right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. So this week I'm here with Grace, and she's going to talk to us about kids and pets. So, Grace, you can go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you and your life and your family and everything. (laughs) Hi, I'm Grace. Um, I guess I am married to Fabian, who is Seth's good friend from high school. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, (laughs) uh, We have an eight-month-old and he is great. Name is Lucas. He is our first. Um, when I'm not with him, I'm at work um, where I'm a veterinarian. So I go by Dr. Castro, which sounds really weird to say on a recording. Um, but I have been working as a vet for a little over two years now, and I love it. Awesome. Also, I just have to say that, like, Lucas, the name, I always think of One Tree Hill and vice versa. When I talk about One Tree Hill, I think about your baby now. (laughs) Perfect. Right? I just, I mean, it's a great, I love One Tree Hill, so. (laughs) I have have actually not personally seen it, but I have friends that are obsessed. Oh, my gosh. Well, now you probably have to. (laughs) I'll have to add it to my list. Awesome. Well, um, can you start by telling us a little bit about like your job and then just kind of how like your normal day is like, like your how your family life is and then working and all that. Sure. Um, so I am a small animal veterinarian, which means I see just dogs and cats. Um, I like to say I technically have a degree for all of them, but if I don't want to get sued for malpractice, I don't touch anything other than dogs or cats. Cause I don't, I don't remember that stuff from school. Um, but I am basically like your animal's general practitioner or primary care physician essentially. So I see, uh, dogs and cats for vaccines. I see for, um, some illnesses like vomiting, things like that. I also do some surgery. So when your dog or cat needs to get spayed or neutered, I'll do that. Um, Dental cleaning. So cleaning teeth, taking out teeth, that sort of thing. Um, My typical day is hectic because I work about an hour and a half away from where I live which is fun. So I'm up early. Yeah. mm -hmm. (laughs) Hopefully changing that soon. But (laughs) um, I'm up early. I'm still nursing. So I nurse Lucas and then get myself and him ready. And Fabian is thankfully really helpful with that. Um, And then I'm out the door. I sit in about an hour and a half of traffic in DC. I get to my job. I work nine to 10 hour days. Um, and then I'm back somewhere, hopefully if it's a good day at like seven, but sometimes it's closer to eight, eight thirty. and then do bedtime for Lucas. Hopefully have an hour or so with my husband before I go to bed. Um, but yeah, I mean, typical day. I, I do only work four days a week, so I do have some days off like today, um, which means I'm at home with Lucas trying to get random stuff done around the house you understand how that is I'm sure yeah that's nice that you're able to do four days yeah it's I mean they're long days when they are but at least I do get a day 
sometimes two days off during the middle of the week. So it's nice. Cool. So when you're working, he's, is he in daycare or? We have not had to use daycare yet. So my mom watches him a couple days a week and my mother-in-law watches him one day a week. So we have been very fortunate. Yeah, that's amazing. Very good. Yeah. Speaking of your work fund, did you say you remove teeth? Yes, I do. <laughs> I've actually taken that's out. That's where I got stuck. <laughs> yep, I got. I <laughs> um, actually, the last two days I've been on surgery and I've taken out two uh, two really big teeth. Um, the last two days, and I haven't I've ha- haven't needed to take out teeth in a while, and I've done quite a few in the last couple of days. It's it's interesting because I mean, if you imagine dogs and cats, they don't brush their teeth twice a day like we do. They don't floss, so they get a lot <laughs> more dental issues. And so we take out teeth more commonly than a human dentist. Oh my goodness! I like <laughs> already had a respect for you, but it just grew <laughs> because I do not have the stomach or the like focus <laughs> for that. It's hard. I think I think pulling teeth is my least favorite part of the job. I'd rather be in surgery taking out ovaries. <laughs> yeah, but you but. can literally now, like once once Lucas is like a toddler, you can literally be like, "This is like pulling teeth." Yeah, true, <laughs> true. <laughs> the, the idiom rings true for me. <laughs> um. Okay. So, some a couple questions about. Animals and kids. So, um, first thing is like, I know one of the common questions I saw asked, like when I was pregnant mm-hmm. by, uh, expecting moms were people who were concerned about like preparing their dogs to yes. like be around the baby. Mm-hmm. So is that like something that people worry about often or, and what can people do? Oh, it is for sure probably the number one question I get asked when I have a mom that's expecting and they're there with their dog for like their annual physical. It's like, how do we, like, what do we need to do to get ready? What do we, how do we make sure that the dog does fine? Because all of a sudden you're bringing home this new thing, new living being into your house. And some dogs do great and some dogs get real jealous. And so usually... Uh, I recommend treating it like you're getting a new pet. I know that sounds awful. Your baby's a pet. (laughs) It basically is. (laughs) Quick fun story. I accidentally called my baby a pet when I was pregnant. (laughs) That was really funny. It was in the middle of the work and I was like, "Mm, nope, he's a human, not a pet. <laughs> Pregnancy. Oh, I brain. totally refer. I totally refer to Oliver in that way all the time. I'll be like, Oliver, sit, stay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but anyways, sorry, I, that's a funny story. Um, so treat it, treat the baby like a pet. So it's not all of a sudden here, baby in your face. You want to slowly introduce dog and baby or cat and baby. Frankly, um, I usually say take an old blanket or um, clothes or whatever it is from the baby that needs to get washed and give it to the dog or the cat to like get used to their scent first before you're like, here, go straight into your face. Um, And because Mm -hmm. honestly, now that I've lived through it too, the newborn phase, they're so either 
in your hands in a swing or bouncer or in their bassinet. Like there's no, they're not just like out. So they're relatively sheltered from pets unless the pet is like on your lap while the baby's on your lap. Um, but I would recommend doing that slow introduction, trying to get them used to the baby's scent before you just stick the baby in their face. And then on top of that, making sure you set aside dedicated time to your pet. Because the fastest way to get a jealous pet is if they all of a sudden get ignored. They are the center of your attention and now they don't have any attention. Some dogs do worse than others. The smaller breeds especially are the jealous breeds. Um, but just mm-hmm. in general, and it's hard. As I, I've lived it. It's hard to have dedicated time, but like during nap time, try and take a moment to play fetch or play with the laser pointer with your cat. Like take a second if you can to actually spend time with them. It's obviously not going to be the same amount of time as pre-baby. Nothing is the same amount of time as pre-baby. Um, <laughs> but do try to take that dedicated time and spend it with your pet. They're less likely to hate you and hate the baby if they still get attention. Do you have dogs, you said? I don't. I We still we have two cats. Um, we do not have a dog yet because we both commute too far and we're gone from the house too long. But. Yeah. Yeah, Oliver would love us to get a dog, but uh, our fence is up except for one side. It needs mm. the rest, and I'm like, yeah, not until yep. we are less broke and have a full fence. <laughs> oh, I, I hear you. We're in a townhouse with no yard, so I Oof. there's no time for that. <laughs> Yeah, although, I don't know, maybe, like, if you could tie the leash to the stroller, then the dog could walk the That's baby. That's true. I don't know. That's true. <laughs> you guys go for a walk. I'll see you back in an hour, right? <laughs> I feel like the dog can babysit the child. It's fine. That's <laughs> totally, totally humane. <laughs> um, okay, well, we also have two cats. Um, so, my, like, the thing I was most concerned about before having Oliver and even still sometimes mm-hmm. is there peeing because like if they get the notion or smell something that makes them decide they like maybe smell like my parent my uh parents pets or whatever on something mm-hmm. they'll just like pee on it um so <laughs> I like to try <laughs> to keep them I know I try yeah. to keep them out of his bedroom but mm-hmm. it, Sometimes they get in or they'll pee other places in the house. So, like, what can people do uh, about that? Especially at the newborn stage, I worried more, you know, about, like, getting into it. That is a hard one because that's very much just an annoying cat, that that annoying thing that cats do. Um, They are very – some cats will mark more than others. Um, So there are different – diets out there there are different um more like natural pheromone based things that sometimes help with calming stress so cats usually pee when when cats pee outside the litter box seven times out of ten it's because of some environmental stressor um and so yes and that that's a rough stat that's not don't quote me on that um 
but there are diets that are there are calming diets and urinary tract health diets that can be prescribed by your veterinarian. There are um, different calming probiotics out there that I believe are over the counter. Um, there's also pheromone collars, which we actually used for Jacks. Um, I think in the newborn stage, honestly, because he was he was lashing out, he was jealous, and he was taking it out on our other cat um, and getting really mad at us. Never took it out on Lucas, but was not pleased with us. And so we actually used a pheromone collar. Um, I think the brand we found was Sentry, but um, it worked really well. It got him to kind of chill out, take that edge off. And we only used it, I think, for two weeks, took it off him. And he was, he had kind of retrained himself during that time to realize that this is my new life and it's okay. And I don't need to be aggressive or pee somewhere I shouldn't, that sort of thing. <laughs> but sometimes it's a cat and they do that and it isn't <laughs> always possible to fix. Fun. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I know. Maybe we should try that. Um, my cats are currently really interested in peeing in the uh, bathtub. Oh, so put their food in there. Try that. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. If their their food and their resources are where they think they want to pee, they won't want to pee on their food. Huh, that is so smart. See, this is why I chose you <laughs> to Thanks. come on this. Thanks, Lauren. <laughs> you know, uh, one of my cats also peed in Oliver's room one time, and <laughs> I think it may have happened because he probably got shut in there. Oh. Because <laughs> I don't, like, I'm yeah. some, I, for a while I left the door open for mm -hmm. him to go in and out, so it could have been, um, oh. I can't remember, it could have been when he had access, but usually I just, like, go in and out the room in Salem, which is, like, dart in there and not come out. <laughs> oh, and I, sometimes yes. I don't even see him go in. I just hear him on the monitor <laughs> crying we, at the door. <laughs> our other cat, Jinx, does the exact same thing. And one time she oh. had done it. I think it was a Sunday morning. She had done it in the morning. We went to church. We went to lunch after church. We came home. And she's not a cat that cries very often. So we were just hanging out downstairs with baby and all of a sudden, Jack's other cat starts freaking out. Like, since we got home, he was, like, crying. He was like, what are you doing? He was being really loving. He was crying. He was crying. He was crying. This is the aggressive cat that's being very loving. And we're like, what is happening? Are you hungry? So I get up, and I walk towards the stairs to go upstairs, and he starts freaking out. He's like, oh, thank God. You're getting up. And he, like, runs upstairs and runs to the door. And I was like, oh, my God. Jinx was locked in there, and he was trying to tell me that his sister oh, was no. locked in the room. And had been for hours. I was like, oh my god, cat, can you not run into the room? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. I always like have to try and locate both cats before we leave because yep. I'm afraid that'll happen. And they like look so similar that I'm like, all right, stand still. <laughs> yes. One, thankfully, oh. one of our cats is larger than the other. <laughs> so you can tell them yeah. apart. <laughs> cats. They're great. Cats, cats, cats. Um, <laughs> so another cat thing um, was, oh, like when I was pregnant, you know, everybody says like that wives tale about uh, cats are going to jump in the crib and <laughs> suffocate the baby. Yeah. 
Um, our cats never really came near Oliver too much when he was born. Mm -hmm. Um, so I definitely like for the first, I think week I was concerned enough to keep them because Oliver was in our room, but in like a pack and play that had a bassinet topper. So I didn't, I just made them sleep in the, in the other room, but they were whining and scratching at the door so much that I just couldn't sleep. So I had to eventually let them in. And I was just like, you know, I really don't think they're going to get in there. And if they do, I think it'll wake me because if he moves at all, it wakes me up. Uh, Yep. You know, that mom (laughs) sleep. (laughs) Um, But anyway, so like, what's up with that? Is that like just a totally uh, made up thing? I think it is just an old wives tale. It's just that. Um, Our cats also never, we, we tried honestly the exact same thing as you I was like we'll keep them out just in case because we'd heard the same thing um and they also were pissed because they're usually in the room with us they want to be in the room with us um but we never had an issue actually one of our cats Jinx did on occasion um jump into his bassinet but he just she just honestly sat there and watched him like a guard cat um I really it's not I think cats are more likely to not want to have anything to do with it than to try to suffocate your child. Um, (laughs) I have never heard of any reports of that. So I think that's just an old wives tale. (laughs) My cats, like when I was pregnant, uh, especially Minnie, she would cuddle my stomach, which I thought was cute because she didn't, Seth was her favorite. So Mm -hmm. for her to cuddle me was special. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. But then when he actually came, they pretty much just stayed away and they're slowly warming to him now. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's like over one and a half and they're just slowly (laughs) now letting him pet them, which I like always, I always want to lecture the cats because I'm like, you don't know how lucky you are. I've seen a lot of kids like be so rough and like Mm -hmm. tails and my child's so soft and gentle with the cats. I'm like, you don't know how lucky you are. Just let it pet you. Yeah, we're, we're, we're working on gentle with Lucas. <laughs> Is he a little bit uh, rough with them? He likes to grab. We're, he he will occasionally pet normally. Jinx darts from him as soon as he, like, sets his sights on her. She's gone. Like, she's peaced out. Jax will <laughs> potentially entertain it. It depends on his mood. I think it was the noises that scared my cats because he only ever like enthusiastically pet them like once or twice Mm. but once he learned gentle he would still be very excited so he would like squeal and they're like nope oh lucas just makes flailing motions when he gets excited and they freak out about his flailing arms they're like nah that looks like it could hurt me (laughs) like imagine because they're like the same size Mm -hmm. imagine like one of those inflatable arms guys coming at you yeah no (laughs) i think that's the coolest thing about being a baby hands down is being the same size Mm -hmm. as a cat (laughs) imagine a cat your size like just cuddling up to you that would be kind of crazy and really fun be my dream (laughs) (laughs) okay so the other like pregnancy cat thing is um like you know when people talk about like cat pee or poop or whatever i don't know there's i think there's like some myths here and some truths that i'm hoping you can separate so like Mm -hmm. for us i just stopped scooping the litter box and i had set start to do it 
all the time. Mm-hmm. But like I've read of people saying that they like you need to get rid of your cat and other crazy things. So that's not true. You don't need to get rid of your cat. Stopping scooping the litter box is extremely important. So there is a type of um, protozoa, protozoa, parasite, whatever, um, called toxoplasmosis. And it is not always present in cat's poop, but they can shed um, toxo. We usually just shorten it to toxo. Um, so they can shed it, depends on the cat, if they have it, if they don't. Um, if a mom has previously been exposed to toxo, it is not concerning. If you have not been previously exposed to toxo and you get exposed during pregnancy, it can cause fetal um, abnormalities in development. So, usually the recommendation is to just not scoop the litter box unless you get toxotiters. Typically, your doctor will only do toxotiters if you are at a higher risk, like myself. So as a vet, because I come in contact with so many cats and potentially cat poop, I my doctor wanted me to do toxotiters. I wanted myself myself to get toxotiters. Shockingly enough, after having cats from age three on and working as a vet, I was negative for toxo. So I have never even been exposed to toxo, which was shocking. Very upsetting for Fabian because that meant he had to scoop the litter box. (laughs) Because if I had been exposed, I could technically still scoop the litter box. It would not matter. Um, So, and I don't know if this is a test that they like will not do. So if you have cats, you could potentially ask your doctor, say, hey, I just want to double check. It'll ease my mind if I get my toxo titers back. Um, but if you are negative and if you've never been exposed to it, yes, you absolutely need to stop scooping the litter box. Um, if you're positive and you've been exposed, it doesn't matter as much, but otherwise there's not anything crazy, um, typically in the litter box that you need to do. You do not need to get rid of your cat unless you're like touching your cat's butt, but please don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Just there's a whole other issue. (laughs) Yeah, there's more questions with that. <laughs> exactly. <one. laughs> exactly. And it's just pregnancy. It's not like a nursing. Correct. So I rode that train and told Tabian I wasn't sure. Because <laughs> I wasn't initially. <laughs> I was like, I'm not sure. I don't know. And then I, I did finally look it up and it doesn't matter if you're breastfeeding. So I'm back to scooping the litter boxes. Um, Darn. I know. But it is just while you're pregnant. Once the baby is out, you are fine to continue to scoop litter. Okay. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Vim and Vigor is a paper goods brand based out of Clarksville, Tennessee, that makes a point to embrace the fun, honest, sarcastic parts of life and has an honestly real card that's perfect for any occasion. They're always growing, so if they don't have it now, they definitely will soon. Check out all the goods Vim and Vigor has to offer at vimvigordesigns.com slash shop. And for all Sweary Mama listeners, place your orders before September 30th and get 10% off of any order over $20 with the code SWEAR10. That's the word SWEAR and then the number 10. Go to vimvigordesigns.com slash shop. Okay, so another question I had is, well, we kind of talked about it earlier, but maybe we can talk a little more about 
people who are concerned about their pets uh, getting enough attention. Um, I know you said to make some time at mm-hmm. nap time. Um, so that was definitely a good one. Um, but are there any other ideas you have to making sure your pet still feels loved? I mean, I think it changes a little bit. At least it did for us. Like Salem used to literally whine at my feet every day for me to pick him up and hold him like mm-hmm. a baby. Like I had to hold him, <laughs> cradle him like Aww, a child. So and then he would nuzzle. I know he would meow all these weird mouths and nuzzle into my neck like a small. <laughs> and once I had Oliver, I realized after a few months he didn't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, he's only recently started doing it again which I found interesting. So I don't know if there's like any, if you had any info on all that. Um, I don't know if I have other tips. So definitely nap time is a good one. If you have dogs, take them for the walks that you do like 5,000 times a day as a newborn mom to get out of the house. Um, <laughs> yes. But like I, I ended up when he was small um, while I was breastfeeding him, there was room on my lap. And so Jinx would actually come up and cuddle on my lap while I was breastfeeding. Cause you breastfeed for like 40 minutes to an hour initially. Cause they take forever. Um, so, I mean, that's a mm-hmm. good long time for the cat to just kind of sit there. And I mean, when I, I guess kind of got lucky, not our nursing journey was interesting, but um, he, once he actually like got latched to the nipple shields, like he was, he was, content for a good 20 minutes. So then I would just use that time if Jinx did sit on my lap to pet her. Um, Jax was definitely our more moody of the two, kind of sounds like Salem. Um, but he has <laughs> recently started to do the same thing. Like he's now coming up to me more, wants to be held again. Um, he always cuddles with us at bedtime. So I would say too, consider not locking your pets out of the bedroom at night. Um, I think getting to spend time with you and um sleep with you even if it's at your feet or something like that probably goes a long way to your pet's attention needs and stuff like that awesome I think that's good and we definitely I think our cats feel loved (laughs) yeah I'm sure they do (laughs) it just I think it changes a little but but like life changes like everything changes so yeah I don't think don't feel guilty about spending less time with your cats or your dogs. They'll, they'll understand eventually. And then they'll have a little thing trying to spend time with them and they'll be like, wait, (laughs) I'm good. I don't need any more attention. (laughs) I know I like, well, firstly, I always like to think about how Oliver will grow up, like always knowing the cat. And there's, I think there's like a special love for that. I don't know because I didn't grow up having a pet. We got, we didn't get our first pet until I was a little bit older, but I imagine that's like a special bond that they have. And then also, like I said, Salem, like starting to come up and want snuggles every now and again now, Mm -hmm. like a baby. (laughs) So I kind of like now that we're back to that, I was realizing that stage of always carrying around my little tiny child went really quick. Yeah. It it goes by fast. So I would say enjoy your baby when he's a baby or she's a baby and the cat and dog should still be there. You can, you can give them a little less attention during the important newborn baby stage. And then 
as the baby gets older and they're more mobile and they're more independent and things like that, you'll be able to rebalance. Yeah, I like it. Um, so one of the things, um, that was a concern for me that I've seen some other people worrying is like, um, allergies. Mm -hmm. Like I was worried, what if my child is allergic to cats? Um, so is that a common thing? And if so, what do you, like, what can you do so that you can keep both of them and you don't have to rehome the baby? So... Fair warning, since I'm not a pediatrician, I don't quite know the exact stats of infant allergies. From what I can tell and from what I've heard, um, and based on my own research, they're relatively uncommon for like newborns and babies to be allergic to cats and dogs. Um, I believe that typically develops a little bit later in life. And actually, um, there's been a couple of recent studies that I saw that show exposure to a lot of different animals early, early in life actually lowers your risk of future allergies. Um, there was one study apparently that was like kids that are raised on a farm have like barely any allergies because they're just exposed to livestock and barn cats and hay and things like that dust. And they just are very at a, a low risk for developing allergies. So I would actually um, encourage you to not get rid of your pets for other reasons, but also because it's potentially even more beneficial to them to have those pets in the household, um, than to be detrimental to their health. Um, in terms of if you have an allergy and trying to keep both, um, that is where it gets hard because you do want to have the safety of your child obviously in the forefront of your mind. Um, but rehoming a pet is awful in my opinion. It's just sad. It sometimes happens, but, um, if you are able to have like, I know of families that will keep the pets, um, in the basement or something like that. So at least they, their dander is elsewhere. Um, but you would definitely have to be intentional about time with the cat or with the dog. If you do that. Um, and if the allergies are to a point where it's really hard, I would consider looking at like going to an allergist, a human allergist and seeing if they have any recommendations. Um, but yeah, sometimes it does happen. It stinks, but we try to, we try to make sure it doesn't happen. I think there's, I think there are things you can try to do before it gets to that point. I would definitely speak to the pediatrician or an allergist first, because I don't know all of, all of the steps um, of dealing with kid allergies. Yeah, that's cool. That makes sense though. The exposure. So we tried to like introduce allergens in a, you know, similar way Mm -hmm. with like food allergies so I guess that makes sense cool um so are there any just like important steps that you think new parents or expecting parents with pets should take just to ensure like their child's health and safety um like just general steps Mm -hmm. I would say 
really emphasizing that slow introduction that I talked about earlier, trying to make sure that you're not just thrusting a new thing in a pet's face because that is way more likely to end up bad than good. Uh, otherwise making sure there are different diseases that are what's called zoonotic, which means, um, can be transmitted from animals to humans and vice versa. So definitely bringing your pets to the vet, getting them up to date on their vaccines, making sure they're healthy. All of that is important. Um, and trying to get that done before baby comes because Lord knows when baby comes, there's no time for anything. Um, nope, (laughs) but otherwise, as they get older too, making sure um, once they the kids are more mobile and more independent, making sure that you are teaching them the right way to handle pets. Um, and also, on the flip side, recognizing when your pet is showing warning signs of I am uncomfortable. Um, teaching your kids to be gentle that sort of thing, trying to reinforce gentle, gentle, yes, and then no, that's too rough. Let's redirect you to something else um, for kids, for warning signs, dogs, cats, that sort of thing, making sure you are comfortable with, and you can go over this with your vet too, but making sure you are comfortable recognizing when your pet is not happy. um, Because If you don't and the kid continues to push and you let it happen, um, you're very likely for a something to pet to snap. Um, but also when an animal shows warning signs, there's like a, there's a progression of warning signs in terms of, um, okay, I'm not happy. Maybe I flatten my ears or, um, I'm starting to look away. I'm not making eye contact anymore. I'm really not happy. Okay, maybe I've growled or something like that. Okay, I'm burying my teeth. All right, I'm really not happy. I'm going to snap now. If if we let them go through all those steps to the snap, next time they're not going to do all those steps. They'll go to burying my teeth and snapping. They'll skip steps because they didn't work last time. What's to say they're going to work again? I'm not going to, as a dog or a cat, I'm not going to waste my time on that. I'm going to go straight to, hey, I don't like it. Get away from me. Um, so definitely discuss with your vet different behaviors to be aware of so that you can know when, when they've had too much, um, so that something bad does not happen. Okay. Thank you. And then Mm -hmm. when you mentioned, um, about teaching your kids to be gentle with animals. Are there any sort of special things that you think that you've seen work either with young or older kids? Um, I don't have too much experience in that because we are just now starting. Um, and I don't have many friends with older kids at this point. Most are in the same stage as Lucas um, in that younger stage. But I would say, I mean, it go it, well, I guess most um, behavior training is pretty standard across the board. Always positive reinforcement. So when they do it right, it, like making that awesome verbal praise, um, it's the same way I've got him to like brushing his teeth, like being really excited, clapping, saying, yay, good job. So making sure he's aware what he did. Like 
if he gets a good reaction, oh, I did it. Like, I want to get that reaction again. Um, so trying to positively reinforce a good action, but definitely not um, negatively reinforcing a bad action. So when they do something wrong or positive punishment, there's a couple of different like categories, um, but not necessarily yelling at them when they do it wrong, because that's still a reaction. And so they might do it again um, because they're, they're still getting some kind of emotion from you. Instead, um, doing more of a redirect. So saying no and doing something else, like removing the child from the animal, um, is, I think, more helpful than a freak out, like yelling no, nothing like that. I mean, no is still a good thing to learn. Um, so saying no, we don't do that, or no, Jax doesn't like that. And then here, let's go somewhere else. Like we have now lost that, that fun thing that you like to do and we're going to go elsewhere. Um, but never like truly punishing, punishing for it. Um, I know of a friend and this, like, I think she does this actually well. She was telling me more, this is a little different, but um, for like, things that they shouldn't do or shouldn't touch. She usually says, no, don't touch that. And when they understand her and they go to something else, she praises them for it. When they don't understand her, well, they understand her and they decide to do it anyways. She says no again. She gives them like a tap on their hand and then redirects to something else. Kind of like, oh, I wasn't supposed to touch that. Um, But everybody's parenting style is a little bit differently. But um, yeah, I would say definitely positive positively reinforce when they do it well so that they enjoy enjoy your reaction to what they are supposed to do. Cool. Those are some good ideas for me to just use in general with my child because <laughs> I like I can't make too much of a fuss if he does something wrong or he literally like does it again, just looks me in the eye just Ex- for yes, the reaction. Exactly. Like, uh, as the worst part is like Okay, he likes to stand on the couch. He'll, like, stand up on the couch, and I'll say, Oliver, sit down. And then he sits down, and I say, thank you. And that's it. He, I said, thank you. Now he's got to do it again. <laughs> he just loves to thank you. Good job. Good boy. And I'm like, oh, I got to watch <laughs> how, how often I thank him yeah. and praise him. Like, please yeah. sit carefully. I yeah, like the redirecting. Redirecting, and then... Um, it sounds awful, but if I remember back to behavior classes, um, negative punishment sounds weird and sounds bad, but it's removing mm-hmm. the source of fun or whatever it is. So it's ignoring it, like trying to just say like it's not actually happening. Um, or um, some people use it as, okay, well, you can't have that toy anymore, that sort of thing, um, mm-hmm. versus truly either kind of like you said, like you were using your praise word, but he was viewing it as, oh, that's a good thing because I I get praised when I'm doing something good. So I must have done something good. (laughs) (laughs) But, oh, it's confusing. Behavior is so confusing. (laughs) It's so intricate. Yes, it is. Um, Well, were there any other little um, things that you wanted to mention or talk about 
I think I hit most of what I end up talking to pet owners um, that are expecting when they come in. Um, yeah, I think I hit most of my big my big takeaways for those pet owners. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. And then each week we do our – we've still never put a good name on this segment to where I'm still <laughs> calling it just like mom tip of the week. But um yeah, it could so it could be any kind of advice, um, small or big, meaningful, silly. Um, what is your piece of advice we can give listeners? Who like anything doesn't have to be about animals. Right. My one thing is <laughs> don't forget you told somebody you would go on a podcast and then have to pump at the same time <laughs> uh are you pumping <laughs> i was yeah that is so funny i did not even know it oh my gosh <laughs> yeah so maybe write stuff down in the calendar get a planner if you don't even if you don't think you need a planner get a planner <laughs> Oh yeah, the mom brain. I have to write everything uh, down. Yeah. I, if it makes you feel better, I also forgot which day and time we were podcasting like six <laughs> times this week. I yes. had to keep looking in my book. Yeah, so I need to get a planner, I think. So my I, tip is also a tip for myself. Get a planner. <laughs> Use it. They, they have. I'm actually like weirdly uh, picky about planners. They have to like have certain qualities and I if I don't like how they look, it's no go. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but um, the dollar store sells like my favorite planners, huh. oddly. So the downside is occasionally you get one and it's got like November in the middle of June, <laughs> but <laughs> usually they're perfect. So yeah. right now I'm, I have one right on my desk. It's covered in cats. So it's perfect for you. <laughs> Need to go to the dollar store. Yeah. Dollar Tree is like my fave spot. Oh, I get excited when I'm. Yes. And they got they have DVDs sometimes. I, mean, I got they paper towns. There's hidden treasures in dollar stores for sure. Yes. Um. Also, since you mentioned about pumping, I, I was mm-hmm. going to ask like, do you have to pump like at work throughout your day? Ah, yes. <laughs> the bane of you said you had a. You said you had a uh, breastfeeding journey. You don't have uh, to give like the whole detailed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was just curious. Yeah, breastfeeding was, it's been interesting. My goal was six months. We're still going, um, but we are definitely supplementing. I've had milk supply issues near the last probably three or so months. So that's been fun. Um, but yeah, I, when I first went back to work at, I think it was 12, 11 or 12 weeks um, postpartum, he, I, I mean, I was pumping four times a day. Um, like oh my gosh. Eight o'clock in the morning, ten at lunchtime around one ish, and then at four. Um, and then I get back and nurse him one time before bed. And like slowly that has decreased to well, I'd say it's it's just three times now. Um but it's like our breastfeeding journey. I mean, I, I'm pumping now because I don't have enough supply in the tank for him to be patient enough to let me get a letdown. So I've given up on like nighttime breastfeeding, which kind of stinks. Um, I like that one usually, but he's an impatient little baby. Yeah. Um, so I usually just, I feed him a bottle of formula. It has saved my sanity and I pump 
at night every night, which is fine. But yeah, so I sometimes it's would have to pump. I would have to pump on my commute to work if I was running late. That was fun. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> it's oh hard. I can't even imagine exclusive, exclusively pumping. So, props to any mamas out there that do that. Yeah, it is a lot of work. Even just like all the cleaning and sanitizing. Yes, I'm exhausted. I had yeah. to. Um, I had to pump once. I when uh, I can't remember how old he was now, because again with the mom brain, mm-hmm. but he was under one, <laughs> and I had to go to court. Um, oh god, which was fun. Like I was a witness in a case. Yeah, and um, I had a uh, had a pump at court. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> just like I had to like go in a closet. And pump. Oh my god! I literally that was my one weird. I at work pump in an old dark room. Like X rays used to be like on film, and so our hospital has a dark room for when we used to have film X rays to like develop them. And we've transformed it into this office, but it locks from the inside because dark room. You want to make sure that nobody opens it up while you are developing film. And so I literally am in this, like, being generous four foot by four foot, like, old dark room. There's a real light, but there's also, like, a red light for dark rooms if you're familiar with them. Um, But I pump there three to four times a day. It was fun. Oh, my goodness. How long do you have to, like, sit in there? Um, I I mean, that's probably part of my supply issue. Um, I only ever pumped 15 minutes at a time sometimes a tiny bit less but so like my whole thing start to finish would probably be 20 ish minutes um because I'd get in there get set up pump for 15 and then because of my job and just not having enough time to clean parts between each pump I actually would put my pump parts in a small little cooler and put them in the fridge so I didn't Uh clean between each one I refrigerated it um and then just took them out of the fridge pumped put them back in the fridge Perfect. Yeah. Are you in our um, Facebook group? I, yes, I am. Okay, I thought so. I need to post this picture I took of Oliver nursing the other day, and you will see the moments that are <laughs> not precious. Yeah. <laughs> He's literally doing, like, a keg stand on my boots. Yes. Yeah. Lucas has started to get to that, and I'm like, I, I can't. <laughs> But he's, like, eating a lot now, too, right? Yeah, he's eating a decent amount. We did um, baby led weaning or infant self-feeding, whatever you want to call it. He he eats some. Okay. He's not, like, he likes to play with it. He'll get some of it. He's not one of those kids that, like, one weekend is, like, shoveling things down their mouth. Um, yeah. But he's he's getting the hang of it. So he he's eating solids. He gets formula. And I'm I'm fine with it. <laughs> Yeah, it has helped my mental health near the end. So that's the most important part. And you like won't have a good supply if you are stressed out. Exactly. So. Exactly. Awesome. I just sorry for our little detour, but it's just so interesting to me because that's one thing I talk with moms about like all the time. And it's like every single mom that I've talked to has a totally different breastfeeding story. And I yeah. feel like every single one of us like needs the encouragement to like hear that because mm-hmm. I think a lot like anyone who's had any period of difficulty, I feel like oftentimes just thinks, oh, everybody's 
breastfeeding photos. Oh, look at the yeah. yeah, like oh, like I put a pretty picture of us breastfeeding up, <laughs> but like that's why I put the one of the toddler keg stand you know (laughs) yeah yeah I I feel like people need to hear the truth (laughs) if I had done one thing differently about my breastfeeding journey would have been and people are shocked I would have introduced formula sooner like not even a lot just like a little supplement here and there I was so stressed about it being just breastfeeding that I wish I had introduced just a tiny bit um earlier and I think in the long run, it would have been better for our breastfeeding bond to stay healthy. But yeah. Nice. Well, thanks for sharing the like that little personal story and also all the really cool stuff about the animals. No problem. <laughs> Sorry, I almost <laughs> forgot. <laughs> <laughs> You're great. Um, but thanks so much for coming on and have a great week. Bye, Bye. guys. You too. Bye.